Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Say what? What's up, Doc G? Oh, man. Mike, it is a lovely summer day. I am feeling easy and breezy. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. There's no uh, lawn. There's no, uh, you know, weed eaters or anything out here. Always good. It's nice Always and quiet. Always no disruption. Nice and sunny. Yeah. Yes. No disruptions. Uh, Mike, we left off last week. I was giving you some uh, possibilities that we could have had as far as show uh, mm. material. And one of them was about Uber. Are you uh are you an Uber user? Yes. Mm, big Uber user? Well, not big, but you know, I'm an Uber user. <laughs> did did you jump Airport. on the trend as soon as possible? Like it started in 2009. When do you think you your Ooh, first ride was? Man, I would say yeah, it's definitely after 2009. <laughs> it it was not after. a future Uber ride. Yeah, I did not no. ride one in 2000, folks. Nah. Uh, I, I, it took me a while to get on the trend. I still don't like it. Nope. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of Uber. I would rather mass transit, walk. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like... I feel like Uber rides are even more awkward than taxi drives. Like... <laughs> yeah. And I don't like that awkwardness. I would much rather not. And like the whole just, you know, the weird, like you're in some kind of weird drug deal and you have to be like, are you here, Ben? Is that who you're looking? I'm Ben. <laughs> this is me. Like, just, I don't like it at all. But a lot of people love Ubers, Mike. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of people. There are 93 million users of Uber, which I actually thought there'd be more than that. But there are 93 million users of Uber, Mike. 93. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as you may remember from last week, Mike, people forget things in those Ubers. Mm-hmm. People leave things when they travel in an Uber. Yes. They in do. fact, they forget things so much that Uber has started releasing a lost and found index every year where they list the things and the data about people leaving stuff in Ubers. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, Mike, I, uh, you were pretty excited about this. I yes. was pretty excited about this, and I was like, let's take this up a notch. Word. Let's turn this into a Doc G game show. Let's do it, you know? Okay. Where, where you, Mike Charette, co-host of the Doc G Show can win some money right here, right now. I'm going to put my own money on the line (laughs) for these Uber questions here. So, first off, in the index, we have uh, the 10 most commonly forgotten items. Mm. 10 most commonly forgotten items. These are are fairly what you would think. So I'm going to have to say, give me five... 
of these top five without screwing up. You can't give me one that's not on the list. You got to get five in a row. I'll give you $10 for it. $10. (laughs) Now. Okay. Wow. Now, listeners, before I I can hear you clamoring from here, that $10. First of all, that's pretty nice. All right. Shut up. $10 is all right. (laughs) Okay. If you, if you think about it. If he answers this question in less than a minute, that's over six hundred dollars hour hourly rate. That's a pretty mm-hmm. dope job right there. That's so, really good. Lay off my ten dollars. All right. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, ten dollars, ten most common items, five of them. What do you got? All right. Phone. That's the first one. Got it. Purse. Purse. That's the fourth one. Got it. All right. Now, can I say wallet? Would that count, or does that fall under the purse category? Second one. Got it. So cool. you've got three. Two more. All right. Um, umbrella. Oh, oh no. Come on. Those aren't everywhere. People don't <sighs> use those like <laughs> Ah, So close, Mike. Three. Three. Keys. Keys. Ah, oh, come on. Headphones. Phone, wallet, keys. Headphones. Glasses. Glasses. Clothing item. Vape. Jewelry. <laughs> ID. That's what we got. That's what we got. Wait, wait, wait. Doc G, I'm sorry. I missed you. You said vape and then what else? Jewelry and ID. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 Definitely would have gotten the ID. I would have said the wallet, you know, and then I, that's all yeah. in one. Sometimes people don't do it, though, you know? Sometimes, mm-hmm. they, I mean, the ladies, they're going out. They don't have a purse. True. They don't have a wallet. They're just going to carry mm-hmm. the ID and a, and a credit card, you know? That's a fact. Okay. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. Next game show question. Ten cities that forget the most things in Ubers. There is one Florida city for ten more dollars. Well, I guess $10. You didn't win the first $10. $10. Name that Florida city, Mike. Hmm. They forget the most stuff. Forget the I'm most gonna stuff. Say, I'm going to say Tampa. You got $10. No, yes. really? Nicely yes. done. $10 on Tampa. Now, I'll give you $20. If you can guess the number one city in all of America, you probably, where people forget. Yeah, don't think big city. It's not a big city. Okay. Think trendy city. Hmm. Austin. <laughs> Twenty dollars. Yes. Really? Yes. Nice. There it is. Nicely done. It. The list. Austin, Texas, Charlotte, North Carolina, Houston, Texas, Indianapolis, Dallas, Texas, Kansas City, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Columbus, Phoenix. Mm. Those are the most forgetful cities. Now, uh, for 10 more dollars, Mike, if I were to leave my laptop in an Uber, according to Uber, what day of the week would I most likely forget my laptop? Mm, Wednesday. Mm, no. Very close. <laughs> Thursday. Thursday. Ah. Thursday, you just say, F- it, I don't want my computer anymore. Yeah. I'm leaving it here. That's what mm. happens. Okay. Ten more dollars if I were to leave my passport 
in an Uber, what day would I most likely leave it? I'm gonna say a Friday. No. Wednesday. Wednesday. Gotta go back to your Wednesday. <laughs> Gotta yeah, go back Wednesday. to your Wednesday. Okay, Mike, uh, do you know what a CPAP machine is? Yes. Yes. Stands for Continuous Positive Airway Pressure Machine. Yeah. What it stands for. Mm -hmm. William Shatner used to advertise them like crazy back in the day. I don't know if you remember those. Talk no, about I how didn't. they got. He talked about how they got. You had to clean them, and he was like, "Oh, it can either make you sick. Oh, it's horrible." Anyways, um, they're pretty cumbersome. They're not a small piece of equipment usually. Nope. They got a mask. They got hoses. Uh, this is going to be a multiple choice question here for $10. How many CPAP machines were left in Ubers last year according to the index? A, 15. B, 40. C, 115. D, 330. I'm going to go with D. 40. B is correct. 40 CPAP machines were reported uh. left in <laughs> Ubers, Mike. Wow. Okay. Okay. 50, we finally made it, Mike, to the top weird items. The weird items. We're going to have to go multiple choice game show on these. These are going to be these are going to be $5. These are going to okay. be $5 each. Here we go. Uh first one. How much hamburger meat was once reported left in an Uber? Was it A, 1 patty? B, 2 pounds? C, 10 pounds, or D, 25 pounds of hamburger meat. What was the original question, Doc G? How many pounds of hamburger meat was reported left in an Uber? One patty, two pounds, 10 pounds, 25 pounds. Got it. Um, I'm going to go with C. Yes! Five dollars yeah. <laughs> for Mike. It was ten pounds, everybody. Ten pounds of hamburger nice. meat left in an Uber, which I hate to tell you, unless that was insulated with ice, uh, you have lost your hamburger <laughs> meat, folks. Uh, okay, next one, Mike. A headband was left in an Uber. What type of headband? Was it A, a Hulk Hogan headband? B, a jazzercising headband? <laughs> C, a Bernie Sanders headband, or D, Yoda from Star Wars headband? I'm going to go with Yoda. You are good, Mike. Another really? $5 yes. for Mike. Yoda headband is correct. I thought I'd get you with that jazzercising headband. <laughs> okay. What expensive food item was left in an Uber? A, a pound of caviar. B, two dozen crab legs. C, a hundred-year-old bottle of scotch. Or D, an unopened box of antique butterscotch candies. Hmm. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I'm gonna go with C again on that that scotch. A pound of caviar, five hundred uh, grams. Wow. Okay. You're looking at over a thousand dollars on that caviar. That's some, really so true. Yeah, that's some pricey stuff right there. That's some pricey stuff. So, listeners, if you uh, weren't tallying that up, Mike just won forty dollars. Forty dollars yes. in less than ten minutes, folks. Let's that's go. right. Mike can retire now, thanks to the Doc G Show. Yeah, he's done.
He's done, I'm folks. He'll keep doing the show for you guys. Well, I'll keep doing this. Yeah. 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 I got. I got a couple of. Uh, I got a couple of weird ones though that I just wanted to point out here. The last ones on the weird items, Mike. Uh, and I will uh, let the listeners know they report them in the index as people report them on their little site to post. Hmm. You know, to to request this lost item. The first one would be lost urn. With pet ashes, plus urn of family member. Wait, what? If if I was Uber, I'd have to ask. I, I can't help but notice you you mentioned the pet before you did your family member. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this in order of importance? Because it must not be a very popular family member. This was the uncle everyone hated. Okay. And it was Sandy the dog. Oh, Sandy. <laughs> we love Sandy. Uh, okay, Mike. Then we have two very odd combos. Here was the first odd combo. Breast pump and white cowboy hat. Huh? Hmm, interesting. What kind of party was that person leaving? That's a fact. That was a weird one. That was Probably. a very, <laughs> very weird one. That was an Austin find right there. I think so. I think so. Uh, last one, ball gag and stethoscope. Hmm. Getting weird. Word. I do not want to go to that doctor, Mike. There no. is no way. No way. All right, but we'll just take your blood pressure, put this ball gag. Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> I did not sign up for this. Uh, Mike, there you have it. Uber lost and found are you ready to fire up this show? Let's fire it up. Let's go. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Gosh, that was good, Mike. That well, was bonus. good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a little bonus in the, in the paycheck this week. My goodness. Mike, we have an absolutely fantastic guest today. We have Max Rayner from Wilderado. <laughs> Will Dorado. I am very excited about this. Uh, fantastic artist. Fantastic group. Uh, they're just going to be out there touring like mad for the, the rest of the summer and fall. They're coming through uh, Jacksonville in September. So, very excited to have them on the show. But first, Mike, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Who we got? Happy birthday, now, Mike, these are some pretty big hitters we have this week. There are also some folks that I don't think you're going to get. Nope. Now, okay. <laughs> no, no offense to the first person, they are not nearly as big hitter as the second two folks, in my opinion. Okay. Maybe in some people's opinion, <laughs> uh, she's just as big as the others, but... Okay. Born on June 22nd, 1953 in New York City. Our birthday suit wearer loved music from a young age. She started playing the guitar when she was 12. She had a rough childhood being abused by her stepfather, and she was expelled from high school. She moved to Vermont where she took several art classes at Johnson State College, and she performed in a, uh, performed in a band called Doc West. In 1978, she started a band called Blue Angel. It wasn't long before they broke up, but our birthday suit wear continued as a solo artist. In 1983, she released her first solo album, She's So Unusual, 
which had massive hits like Time After Time, Shebop, and Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. She won a Grammy for the album because it was such a massive hit. Um, and the uh, song Girls Just Wanna Have Fun is still an anthem being played constantly. Mm -hmm. Her second album, True Colors, came out in 1986. Her third album came out in 1988. Uh, was titled A Night to Remember. Our birthday suit wear only had one extremely successful album, which was the first album, She's So Unusual. But she's influenced major artists like Katy Perry and Lady Gaga. And time after time has been covered by over a hundred artists Jeez. since it was created by our birthday suit wear. A hundred. That's a good amount. Great song. It's a good amount of covers. Name yeah. that birthday suit wearer. Uh, I don't know. I had no idea. I, I'm sure you'll you'll remember the name. Cindy Lopper. Cindy, Cindy Lopper. Yes, that's it, man. Cindy Lopper. You know the the punk style hair. She had the like blonde hair. Had the crazy earrings. The crazy mm. wardrobe. Uh, just an 80s icon right there, you know? Girls just want to have fun. Yeah, you know? she's got some hits. Just... Smash it time after time. Just, uh, yeah. you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're in your feels, that's an in your feels song right there, time Was after time. Was she the original time after time writer? Yeah. Time at, wow. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I didn't know. Big deal. There's so Big many. Deal. There are so many covers of that song. Like you, you always wonder, yeah. like who is the OG? Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Uh, turning Mike, the big. Uh, oh my God, geez, sixty nine for Cindy Lauper. Wow, I didn't know Cindy Lauper was that old, but uh, looking good for sixty nine. There it is. Happy birthday, Cindy Lauper. Uh, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? What do we got? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, you asked for it. Uh, we're carrying <laughs> over from last week. We're carrying over from last week. This, okay. is a, this is a story about the flowers at the grave here. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, we're going to Auburn, Alabama. Back in January 2021, Hannah Ford was uh, tragically killed in a car crash. And sadly, same day that she picked out her wedding venue with her fiance. Ugh. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. That's really sad. Uh, not surprisingly, Winchester Hagen, that was her fiance, he was devastated. Not too surprising. Mm -hmm. uh, being devastated, uh, since her death, he's decided he's going to create fl a flower box with pictures of him and Hannah to put at her grave. Um, and the reason he made a flower box is Hannah was not a fan of cut flowers. She never wanted cut flowers. She always liked, uh, uh, living flowers. So he made these little flower boxes. Um, so he put these down at her grave and the first time he did that, he came back to the cemetery and his box was gone. Hmm. It's like, what? So he made another box and he came back and the box was gone again. And he was like, what? Turns out, Dr. Tom Ford, that's his actual name, it's, his, mm. uh, it's Hannah's dad, it's not the actual Tom Ford designer, <laughs> it's not, 
He's not making delightful colognes, everybody. Mm. Uh, shout out to Tuscan Leather. It smells delicious, guys. Shout out. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Drake song, and it smells delicious. Mm. Anyways, uh, Dr. Tom Ford, Hannah's dad, not a fan of Winchester. Nope. Not a fan of the flower boxes. Nope. Uh, did not want the flower boxes there, and he was throwing the flower boxes away. Oh, because wow. He owns the plot of land where the actual grave is. Mm. And he had in the deed to the cemetery plot, it states, no flower boxes allowed. Word. And he told Winchester, stop it. Don't put these here. And Winchester was like, no, I'm going to keep putting them at the grave. Sure enough, Tom Ford called the police and had a warrant out for Winchester Hagen for littering. And he got arrested for littering for flowers at his fiance's grave. Mm. He was arrested. He was ordered to pay a $50 fine and $251 in court cases. So no prison, but fines, and he was actually arrested for it. So, um, wow. Mike. I can be a stubborn fella, so That's a fact. I can recognize <laughs> when other people are being stubborn fellas. And I gotta say, uh, Winchester and Doctor Ford are both being pretty stubborn fellas here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just gotta say to both of them, to Doctor Ford and, and and Mr. Hagen, if Hannah was here, do you think she'd be jazzed about either of you doing this? No. Do you? Do you think she'd be like, hey, Winnie? I'd imagine she calls him Winnie because mm-hmm. who the h- calls somebody Winchester for the rest of their lives? That's just good <laughs> Only Lord. when you're mad. It's not Winchester. It's, it's, I mean, it's like a horse's name. I mean, no offense, Winchester, but who? what were your parents thinking? Anyway, she'd be like, Winnie, I really appreciate the flowers. And hey, it's great that you're super my dad off. That's awesome. No. No. Do you think on the other side she'd be like, hey, Dad, thanks for trying to have my fiancé arrested. That's awesome. Really love it. No. She'd be like, stop being turds to each other, you two turds. That's Mm -hmm. what she'd be like. Yeah. So, stop being turds, guys. Yeah. Tom Ford, stop it. Winchester, Winnie, stop it. Anyways, that was the story, Mike. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's wild. Ridiculous. It's wild. Uh, Mike, we're going to move on to South Carolina. Have you ever heard of Horry County? Horry no. County? Uh, it's where Myrtle Beach is. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Definitely Back on that May. Place. Oh, dirty, dirty Myrtle. Can't get around Love it. it. Love that place. Uh, May 17th, the Horry County uh, Council did something pretty landmark. Hmm. They unanimously accepted and designated June as Pride Month. Wow. Which was put on the docket at the request of Grandstand Pride, a Myrtle Beach LGBTQ advocacy advocacy group. Now, uh, I probably don't have to explain to anyone listening that Pride Month is insinuating gay pride, right? Mm -hmm. And acceptance and support of the LGBTQ community. Mike, I'll tell you who did need that explanation, though. Hmm. The county council. 
they needed that explanation because three weeks after they approved it, they realized what it meant, reconvened <laughs> the council, and then they unanimously voted it down. Wait, what? Mm, wow. Yeah. Losers. So three, three weeks, <laughs> unanimously approved it because they had no clue what it was. Right. Three weeks later, unanimously turned it down. Um, when reached for comment, Councilman Johnny Vault told CNN, quote, no one on council called it because the resolution just said Pride Month. Word. I've got a rule, Mike. If you're too ignorant to know what Pride Month would be and you're too apathetic to ask, maybe you shouldn't be part of government. Just saying. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Just saying. Like, you're telling me no one thought to ask, like, pride of what? Anybody, <laughs> pr pr pride of what? Like, We're I proud. mean, even you, yeah, like you would think like they would already know, but even if you don't, like, which makes it even weirder that you would unanimously approve like general pride. Huh? Like, what is, uh, <laughs> Jeff, you're looking really prideful today. That's <laughs> yeah, the month for it. I'm just feeling just so proud of myself. <laughs> you don't even know. Like, so. Yeah. We should have a month for this. So Everybody's proud. weird. <laughs> like, why? I don't understand. Get You're better than that, South Carolina. You're better than that. Come on. Come on. Uh, Mike, let's head up to Juneau, Alaska. Ooh. Uh, were you a milk drinker back in your elementary school days? I was, Doctor. Yeah, drank a lot yeah. of milk. Sort of had to you? be, you know, you, right? Yeah, everybody, yeah. right? Maybe yeah, that's everybody. what I was saying. Like, I mean, you know, I don't know about you. I mean, I know in high school you didn't have lockers, so it's hard not. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, in elementary school, you know, I only had like you had like four choices. You had milk, had chocolate milk, you had orange juice, you had water. That was yeah. pretty much, pretty much it. it wasn't there wasn't like you know, <laughs> chilled champagne or anything. They were Doc like, oh, G, today. Did you get the uh, the bag orange juice, the little bags? Yeah, Apple we juice. we had the we had the milk in the same bags. Oh, we had milk what? in those little bags. Yeah, yeah. We, the only ones that came in cartons were the uh, skim milk. Skim milk oh. came in cartons. The other ones mm. came in the little like. Uh, like breast implant bags that you were just like, <laughs> yeah. what is this? This is weird. And then you had, they had like the little uh, descriptions of how, like when they, I remember when they first started using them, they had to tell you how to actually get the milk. Like they're like, to okay, you're going to put pressure and then you're going to directly in guys, directly <laughs> in, which I'm surprised. Like nobody used those to like spray each other. That's a surprising thing. I just thought about that. Everybody like, was so hungry and thirsty. Oh, God, <laughs> finally. Milk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, I got sidetracked on milk. Um, Sorry, Dog G. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's good. Uh, it's curious. A school district in Juneau, Alaska, they're in a little bit of hot water this past week uh, because several of their students had to go to the regional hospital from drinking milk. Hmm. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, not milk. They got sick from drinking floor sealant. Wait, what? Floor sealant. Yes, that the school mm. gave them as milk. As mm. milk. Yeah. No bueno. 
So here's how it went down, listeners. Uh, the kids came in for breakfast. The breakfast was prepared by the management staff and given to the kids. The kids instantly started complaining about the taste and how it was burning their throats, which... So true. You know, I've never had floor sealant, but I would guess that's probably what would happen. Mm -hmm. uh, the staff smelled and tasted the substance themselves and immediately stopped the children from consuming it and called poison control. Uh, the school superintendent, Bridget Weiss, said it was confused for milk, which sounds hard to believe, uh, but if you've used anything yourself, it's similar. It's a milky white fluid. Nope. I'll, I'll, I'll say the main difference for me, Mike, the main difference between these two is that one container says milk. The <laughs> other container says you put on your floor like wh how 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 is that an honest mistake mike <laughs> how do you do that were they pouring glasses of milk for these kids what are they yeah, doing apparently i, I mean Jeez. they had to be right and like i mean but like even with that like there are so many questions like for, like wouldn't milk be in the refrigerator while floor sealant would be in a chemical cabinet like, mm -hmm. why would floor sealant be in your refrigerator or milk be in your chemical cabinet? Either one. <clears throat> ah, so weird. Very so weird. So weird, Mike. And I tell you, if I'm one of these kids, there is no way I'm listening to another adult in that building ever again. No way. No, I, like, you can't. There's no way you oh, trust you're, them. Oh, you're telling me I should be quiet and read? Is this going to turn out like the time you told me I should be quiet and drink my milk and almost died? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. No, no, not today. I'm like, just come on. That is that is a complete letdown, Mike. Yeah. Complete letdown. Now, before we go to break, Mike, we got another uh, cafeteria news story, but this one is a success, yes. not a failure. <laughs> Uh, a couple months ago, State Representative Orlando Ramos uh, went to a local elementary school in Springfield, Massachusetts for career day. Mm. While he was there, a fifth grader, Xavier Perez, wanted to let him know he was pretty upset. Mm. And he's pretty upset because for Taco Tuesday, none of the tacos had lettuce. Word. What? Yep. Come yep. on, man. And as Xavier put it, a taco without lettuce is not a taco. I agree. Well, representative to some degree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> representative Ramos jumped into action and contacted a couple of lettuce providers to ensure that lettuce would be on every taco and then signed student bill legislation that would ensure lettuce would always be on tacos. <laughs> The hero we needed. Yes. <laughs> yes, Mike. And th obviously, there's nothing else big going on in the world. That's the legislation we needed right now. Mm -hmm. That is yes. very, especially when you talk about schools, school safety. What else could there be? I can't think of anything else. I mean, relating <laughs> to Texas? I don't know. Tacos. That's the important part that we need. Yeah. Taco, lettuce on tacos. 
Tacos um, and guns. <laughs> what? Mike, as you know, we like to accentuate the positive on this show. So, mm-hmm. first off, uh, way to get some legislative movement. Nicely done. That's the first Agreed. Positive. Second, I'm glad to hear Xavier actually wants to make tacos healthier. That's also a positive. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. At least he wants something that's semi-green on there. That's good. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. True. Now that I've accentuated the positive, let me go a little negative. Um, You got a state legislator listening to you, and the best cafeteria improvement you could come up with was lettuce? Like, girl, come on! You couldn't come up with anything better, Xavier? Like, there's a couple of things that I would have higher on my list than lettuce. Second, you chose the least taco thing about a taco. Like... <laughs> If we played Family Feud, name the top five things essential to a taco, lettuce would be at least fourth or lower on that list. You would definitely have to have tortilla up there first. You would definitely have meat second. Mm -hmm. You would definitely have salsa, I'm guessing, third. Or some type of pico de gallo, something along those lines. For kids, though. Kids can be picky with that stuff. Nope. <laughs> cheese cheese would still beat out lettuce, too. True. Cheese would beat out lettuce. Yeah. So, fourth or lower. Fourth or lower, Xavier. Come on, man. Just saying. I know you're Come a on, fifth Doc G. We were raised on Taco <laughs> Bell. Lettuce goes on the taco. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that is. You look at a regular taco, non-supreme from Taco Bell... Tortilla, meat, cheese, lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you got. So he did hit the top four in uh, Taco Fast Bell. Food. So, okay, yeah. there you go. There you go. Xavier, <laughs> maybe in middle school, you'll you'll evolve. We'll see some, you'll ask for some guac, maybe some, some pico. Who knows? Mm. Anyways, Mike, uh, <laughs> we're going to take a break. We are going to be right back, but first we're going to hear from our guest, Will Dorado. Take some time right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, if you haven't done so yet, what you need to do, you need to go on, you know, the easiest thing nowadays is to just go on our website. Go on www.docgshow or the Doc G Show, either one, we have both. Mm-hmm. Uh and subscribe to the show. If you're too lazy to subscribe to the show, you can just uh, listen to the show. Mm-hmm. You can just sit there and stream yeah. RSS feed the show. So but true. if you really want to get in there, you really want to get the elbow grease in there, you know? Mm. By the way, where does elbow grease come from, Mike? I don't know. That? I don't know. I'm following up on that. I was just thinking about that right when I was like, is elbow grease the right term? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it is. It is. Why is it called it is, elbow but grease? But why? Yeah. Is it like you get on the ground and you're putting your elbows in grease? Like as hmm. a mechanic or something? Is that? Maybe it's the maybe it's the oil on your hand that has a little bit more of, uh, I don't know, maybe more grip. Huh? Maybe I, oil grip? I don't know, I, Doc J. Gotta lube, gotta lube up your elbow so you don't get tennis elbow? I, I don't, don't know. know. It's weird. Anyways, guys, put the elbow grease in. Yeah. Go and subscribe to the show. There's a link to the Apple podcast on the website mm-hmm. to do it. Subscribe to it, and boom, you'll make me a mic stay. You'll yeah. do it. You can share it and on Instagram you, too, by the way. Sorry, Dr. You just want to you can share throw that out yeah. there. Just learn. If you just want to put it out there, do it, guys. Do it. Mike does it every now and then. He likes to do it. You know? <laughs> I like trying. to do it every now and then. It's mainly because <laughs> I'm I'm on the show, you know? That's but I'm just saying. Uh guys, do that. We'll be really happy. We'll be we'll be thrilled. We'll be over the moon. And if you do it, you'll you'll instantly be updated next week when I tell you where elbow grease came from. So mm-hmm. that's a fact. Now, could you look it up right now on your phone? Yeah, you could. But I bet you most of you are too lazy to do that. Yeah. You're like, I don't that's really not care fun. that much. Just Guess not fun. what? I am. I'm boring enough and I'm tenacious enough to find out what it is, guys. Thank you for Anyways, that. Anyways, I got oh yes. Thank yes. You. I got really <laughs> sidetracked. Let's thank the folks. That listen every week, Mike. Here are the regulars. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms, River, New Jersey. Shout out. There we go, Mike's regulars just getting it Love in, them. and we appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it, Mike. Semi regulars, you ready? Shout out! Shout out to Berkeley, California, Los Angeles, California, Olive Branch, Mississippi, mm-hmm. Los Angeles, California, Sacramento, California, Chico, California, Murrieta, California, Montreal, Canada. Buffalo, New York, Tallahassee, Florida, Lafayette, Indiana, Fargo, North Dakota, Riverside, California, Kilgali, Rwanda, Brooklyn, Mm. New York, Queens, New York, and Melbourne, Australia. Lastly, Gulfport, Mississippi. Nice. Shout out. Mike, uh, a little bit of an update for you on those semi-regulars. Olive Branch, Mississippi. I looked it up. 
it's a metro it's it's a suburb of Memphis in the metropolitan okay. area. So it's actually like literally on the other side of the state, other side of the state of uh of uh Gulfport. Gulfport wow. at the very bottom, sort of south east-ish. Mm-hmm. And then it's all the way up in the northwest. Hmm. Uh, fun fact, from 1990 to 2010, fastest fastest growth rate of any city in America, Olive Branch. Wow. Increased by 800% in that time. Wonder why. Hmm. Yeah, basically people are moving. Uh, 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 Memphis was spreading out. So uh, it just okay. sort of... Just sort of exploded in that area, mm. you know. Just sort of exploded. Uh, also looked up Gulfport, you know, Mike. Gulfport only two hours from Pensacola, two hours about from uh, New Orleans. Not bad, right wow. there. Yeah, right there in between the old yeah. dirty Panhandle and and New Orleans. Nice, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. I like it. Uh, also, Mike, shout out since we've you know. Since we have known to bash Mississippi a little bit and question their eating of Kool-Aid pickles, mm-hmm. I will say, I forgot, Oprah and Archie, Archie Manning, both from Mississippi. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, Oprah speaks for herself. Yeah. But Archie Manning, I uh, I watched the, uh, have, you, have you ever watched the Manning uh, uh, documentary on ESPN? The Mm-mm. Book of Manning, as it's called. Mm-mm. Man, that that Archie, just a stand-up dude. Just a stand-up dude, man. He played a game with a broken arm. Wow. They broke his arm in the game, and he was like, you know what, I'll, I'll keep playing. It's just mm. a broken arm, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Pretty bananas. That's a yeah. tough dude right there. Yeah, it's a that tough guy. That is a guy. tough dude. And I love, I love those old school commercials with Peyton Manning where he calls up his dad on his Buick and he says, call Papa Manning. Oh, God, they were my favorite. <laughs> love those. That, that, that Peyton, if he wasn't in football, he could have gone into comedy, Mike. He could've. Yeah, he could have. He's a funny he dude. Yeah, funny dude. Uh, okay, Mike, uh, before we uh, move on, I do need to go to previously on the Doc G Show. Yes. Love it. Previously on the Doc G Show. Yes, yes, Mike. Uh, Previously on the Doc G. Fair, fairly quick one here. Fairly quick one here. But I did tell you that there was at least one player that went from the uh, big three to the NBA. Oh yeah. Yep. I did not make that up, Mike. It was Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Was in the NBA for several years, went to the Big Three, won the MVP of the Big Three, went back to the NBA after that. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Joe Johnson. What team was it? What team did he go to? Do you know? For the Big Three or for the NBA? For the NBA. Uh, Celtics for the NBA. Interesting. Yeah. Wonder, man, that's so crazy. Yeah. wonder if he's probably just played off the bench. Got, yeah, yeah, Just, oh yeah, he definitely uh, yeah, wasn't playing a lot of minutes, but he was, you know, he was a role player. He was, he was, yeah, giving some support there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Joe Johnson. There you go. Cool. There it is. Uh, Mike, couple of stories real quick. Uh, this one I had to tell you just because uh, this was the most mundane news article title I read this whole week. <laughs> yes. Are you ready for this? Here it is. Yeah, please. 
Raccoon spends a day atop a Kentucky light pole. Huh? That was an actual that's story, it. listeners. That's it. That Wow, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's that's a slow day even for Kentucky. Like that's the <laughs> wow. Hey, it's a raccoon up there. Probably should write a story about this. Let me just uh, call my editor. He's gonna he's gonna like this one. This is that was it. That's it, guys. A raccoon up there. Uh, Mike got a story here from Florida because we can't leave out Florida. This is uh, no way. This isn't a, such a good one, Mike. You you remember Bob Saget recently died here in Florida? Yeah, it's not. Didn't know he died in Florida. Yeah, it's in Orlando, O Town. Uh, he was performing uh, in O-Town. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, of course, yeah. Performing in O-Town, start of the year. Uh, well, it's now been revealed that the two police officers that appeared on the scene, Emiliano Silva and Stephen Reed, have been disciplined for the violation of the department's dissemination of information directive. Because, mm. apparently, when they showed up to the scene and found Bob Saget... Officer Silva's first response was to text his brother about it and then tweet, R.I.P. Bob Saget. Word. The other officer, Stephen Reed, was off duty at the time and texted his friends. All this was, of course, way before they mentioned anything to their department or to Bob Saget's family. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Officer Stephen Reed... Uh, said, quote, in hindsight, probably shouldn't have shared it that way in the manner that I did, end quote. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably? Yeah. Probably? First of all, that dude, the uh, uh, Officer Reed, Officer Reed, he was off duty. He shouldn't have even been there in the first place. Like, what are you, you doing? Second, how is tweeting... R.I.P. Bob Saget, your first move. Hmm. Like, how is that? You need to be reprogrammed as a human if that's the first thing that comes to your mind. That's a fact. Like, oh, I'm at a crime scene where somebody tragically died. Better tweet about this. What? Nah. What? They're literally... Not good. They're literally the cops from the movie The Other Guys with Will Ferrell. <laughs> If any listeners remember that movie, they tweet it at the crime scene. LOL. That's <laughs> literally these dudes. Remember my hotline idea, Mike? Mm. To avoid dumb no. things? Hotline? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Officer Silva should call up my hotline. Should have called up my hotline. Should have called me. He could have been like, hey, Doc, uh, I just found out that Bob Saget died, and I'm going to tweet RIP Bob Saget. And I could be like, whoa, Officer Silva, while I appreciate you calling the hotline um, and giving me something to do on a Friday night, you should probably <laughs> call your department instead of calling me and let them handle dispersing the news. And he'd be like, yeah, I know, but I can always be known as the dude that first tweeted about Bob Saget's death. And I'd be like, yeah. But is that something you really want to be remembered for? Nope. Doesn't mm. really seem like a great tweet, man. And uh, and Officer Silva, uh, I'm not telling you to do it, because definitely don't. But if you were to do it, that's a pretty <laughs> tweet. Like, you could come up with something much more cryptic 
and subliminal that people wouldn't realize you knew until much later, and it would be a big thing. You're really ruining it with that RIP tweet. That sucks. I would say just stick to policing. <laughs> Anyways, don't mm-hmm. forget to listen to the yeah. show. Thanks. All right, I'll Thanks. see you later. That's, <laughs> that would be the call, Mike. That would be the call. Uh, anyways, yeah. they were reprimanded. They weren't really reprimanded that much, Mike. It was something insane. It was, well, no way. It was like 82 hours of suspension. It was literally in the 80 hours. Mm, couple days off. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, is it? That's, That's it. Okay. All right. But then again, I guess from other suspensions we've seen in the past, that shouldn't be too surprising considering the severity of other things that have happened with mm-hmm. those disciplinary yeah. actions. Anywho... Uh, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be back with none other than Max Helmrich, Max Rayner from none other than Will Dorado, right here on the Doc G Show. Five point five Spinnaker Radio WSKRLPFM UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at seven PM on ninety nine point five FM Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are very, very happy to have lead singer and guitarist for Will Dorado, whose debut album, Will Dorado, is out now. They'll be in Jacksonville in September. Mr. Max Helmrich. Max, how are you, sir? I'm well. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you guys uh, just finished up some shows with Alt-J there in the UK. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is. Now, is that the first time you've been to the United Kingdom? to play oh yeah big for sure especially um i mean yes big yes period we had never been i mean i think we've done canada a couple times but Mm -hmm. definitely never gone to europe you you hit all the big spots glasgow manchester london dublin belfast birmingham uh and you guys are going back you guys are going back in october uh so i'm guessing i'm guessing they enjoyed you you enjoyed them in the uk (laughs) Well, I mean, hopefully. I think that's more of just the play than anything. You know, you go back and have massive exposure. I think the idea is to, you got to go try and capitalize and figure out what you actually ha- can capitalize on. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing nothing shows you that reality uh, more than ticket sales. Yeah. So we'll go back and find out. I think it's. I think they're selling great, though, so far, which is encouraging and always feels good. But I'm excited about that because, you you know, no matter how epic the band is you're supporting or how large the stage or room, there's nothing quite like just playing your own shows and seeing your own listeners because, you know, you can you can be exposed to lots of new people, but they're going to be hearing you for the first time. You know what I mean? And so it's it's always a very different experience than even playing to 30 people who are listeners. Yeah. 
Well, and, and it always blows me away, uh, and I, I'm I'm sure you're probably the same as far as like with your music. Just knowing that there's somebody in Birmingham, UK, or, or Glasgow that comes to your show, and they're like, "Oh man, I'm a huge fan. I've been listening to your music for like this many yeah. years," and you're like, "What? Really? All the way over there? That's amazing! Like, it's, it's the coolest." Still blows me away that that can happen, but like it's uh, it's got to be a cool feeling when they show up and they already know your stuff. They're already singing along with the songs. A hundred percent, and it doesn't take five thousand of them. You know what I mean? It takes it takes a couple of them to be like, dang, like this. Yeah, this connected to a different culture. Yeah, which is very cool. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys are out of Tulsa. Um, it's where you grew up. It's your hometown. I want to, I always, I'm curious, you know, everybody's always, there's something they're a fan of in their hometown and there's, there's things they're not so keen on. Uh, what, what do you love about Tulsa? What do you, what do you think could maybe, you know, be better about Tulsa? Um, wow. Uh, that's a great question. I think, man, where to start on what I love about it? I, I think, first of all, you have to preface that like, when someone really loves the city, it's it's a subjective point of view, right? Um, I don't think Tulsa is viewed as New York City, where you you know everyone would say it's the greatest town on earth, but it is where I grew up. I think of it as an animate thing, man, an animated thing. I think it's, I mean, it's a living, breathing thing to me. It's where my family is. It's where my deepest friends are. Um, I know the neighborhoods, I know the trees, I know the surrounding areas, uh, the lakes. So I, I love it to its core. Um, I love the infrastructure. I love the old buildings. It's The history is wild. I love that it's a dark history. I love that it's, I mean, I don't love the dark history side. I love that it's just like, you know, you're forced to embrace it like you are a person. There's mm-hmm. negative components of it that are trying to turn around and be better, but also be, you know, own up own up to um mm-hmm. i love the music god dang i love the music here i love the i love the musicianship here i love the co- community around the music here it's it's like i mean I've, I've lived in los angeles i've spent a lot of time in austin i'm starting to spend more time in new york and nashville uh and it's hard to find a place where people are more just about playing music together helping each other, listening to each other, supporting each other uh, than Tulsa. I mean, wow. it's, it, and then where the quality rules. I mean, it's just, there's just such great songwriters. There's great producers. There's great, it's just a cool scene, man. And, it, and it's been able to stay that way. It's, there's not an influx of Los Angeles and New York to our little town yet, but it's large enough where you can have a fan base and not know who they are. Um, and it's small enough to know every other band, so nice. it's a, it's like a really cool spectrum. Um, I think on the negative side of things, it's there's still like, uh, you know, coming from a big city, sometimes I miss like a plus plus restaurants, or I mean, the restaurants here are epic, but there's not like thirty of them, and you go that you got to go to kind of hit the same spots over and over. Um, but dang, they're good. There's killer chefs. There's killer bars. There's, I think you go to New York and you go to LA and you're used to be on a rock walk around your corner and get coffee here, here and here and get dinner here, here and here. 
Tulsa, it's it's much more like you know any other small town. But I'll tell you what, you come to you come to town, I'll take you to three or four great dinners that well will knock your socks off, and we can do high class food to burger city dude this is like the best burger town in the country i'll hit, stand by till i die hit me hit me with one of the best burger places where's one of the best burger oh, places i don't know how to i could name four ron's <laughs> clods weber's i love um, that they're just first name dudes oh man yeah usually <laughs> ron's and clods yes That's man there's great pizza there's yeah. great coffee it's just a, the, the place rules and and it's like there's no traffic. It's big enough to have great stuff, small enough that you're not waiting and waiting throughout your whole entire day, which started honestly eating me up. Well, I mean, it, it, you're you're sort of like you said, you're in between, which is amazing for the geographical location because I sort of just think about that as far as you guys being a touring band. It is nice that like, I mean, I I did the math you're 1,400 miles from Santa Monica. You're 1,350 from Virginia Beach. You're like... How crazy is that? Literally yeah. right there in the middle. Uh, well, Chicago's eight hours. Yeah. Dallas is four. Yeah. So it's it's pretty great. Yeah. You got you, you got a, a strategic location there. Well, like you said, you, you grew up there. And, uh, you know, growing up late 90s, early 2000s, I saw. I heard in one interview that that you said sophomore year of high school was where you wanted to know you wanted to, or you knew that you wanted to play professionally. What were some of the seminal moments there that actually told you I want to play music? What got you into it? Well, I think first of all, nothing is nothing has really ever made me think I could do it professionally, uh, or still have any idea what that really even means. Um, I guess it would mean making money uh, mm -hmm. at the end of the day. But I think I started to really enjoy the process of making music and listening to music. Yeah, I would guess you're right. In, uh, around middle high school, mm -hmm. just because. You know, we grew up with some piano lessons, grew up with some drum lessons. My mom's a classically trained singer. My little sister's an incredible songwriter. Uh, we had always had a beautiful piano in our home. And um, it just was kind of around music. I, I didn't have audio files for parents, but they definitely put us in an environment where music was around. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would grow up since I was little listening to my mom, you know, run scales or take her voice up and down preparing for stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think, you know, some of that was in my nature. And then I, I just, I don't know. I, I loved, I loved just the looking at a piano and it was kind of this world of possibility. And I think there was a couple times where I threw some chords and notes together and I'd never heard that before and you know it was kind of like well wow, that's wild that things existed forever and uh this is me coming out of it you know what I mean there was something about that that I was just instantly drawn to and then when I went to college there was a really cool program through the marketing school that was like a record label and it was run by students and they were some money into it and there was kind of like a selection committee and they put together like a compilation album every year and 
kind of showed you what it was like to go into a studio and showed you what it was like to work with, uh, you know, the business side of the industry and which was wild because it was like, I was kind of in that um, the perfectly wrong time because it was <laughs> it was fading seriously out. Seriously, <laughs> right before streaming happened. It was before Instagram was going at all. Obviously, way before TikTok and our current state. Um, but it was also like, I mean, record labels in 2006 are still are like, what? What are we? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We've been we've lost for a long time and. So it's kind of fun. I never thought about that before. It's like there was basically nothing to learn. Fading, fa <laughs> fading out. This, this is how you lose money, you guys. This I, is. I mean, I, uh huh. I, I remember people saying in that school, no one will ever pay subscription for a streaming service. I mean, that's what that's what professors were saying. It was like, damn. They were pretty wrong on that one. <laughs> they were pretty wrong on that. Uh, but what I was gonna say is that I. For the first time ever, kind of fell into a, a community of uh, musicians mm -hmm. and artists. Mm -hmm. And I had grown up in sports my whole life. And I think at that time, I realized what I liked about sports was just commonality and teamwork and uh, not so much like physical altercation <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and competition as much as I just like being with people, you know, that I... It was like, man, we don't have to work to connect on this. We're wanting to, I don't know. I, I found a community of, of mm -hmm. like-minded people. And it felt really good to start thriving in that. And long-winded answer to say, just one thing led to the next. Once yeah. I kind of found like, man, I want to be around these kind of people. I want to do this sort of thing. I just started saying yes to things that looked that way. And here we are 10 years later, well, 12 years later. Shout out to, to Uproar, Shout Uproar out. Records. There it is. Yeah, nice, dude. Uh, yeah. dude. When you were looking around in that, is that still going on? I think to a very small degree. Like, that was the thing, is it definitely has taken a hit over the last decade, for sure. Um, which, no doubt, if, if the professors were pumping the idea that streaming was never going to be a thing, it's probably... Probably took an ego hit and some money hits during that time, I would guess. Like, it was just a bunch of people kind of showing you how to do it wrong, if I'm being <laughs> honest. And and maybe they hear this interview and say, man, that spoiled <laughs> kid doesn't appreciate anything. And I would say, yeah, fair enough. But at the same time, <laughs> like, you guys were trying to teach people how to do something that you had no idea what you're talking about because no one had any idea what was going on. I mean, I started playing music, if you really think about it, in the most Wild West environment that's ever existed in Very music. unstable, yes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I think that's one of those things that just like, it's like you said, nobody really knew any of those changes that you saw in the 2000s. I mean, you know, through uh, all Napster to your, your downloading platforms to iTunes and then to a shift to streaming, like... Just nobody could have predicted, I feel like, any of those things. And nobody did really predict those things. Even, like, the people that founded, like, Napster were like, I didn't think it was going to be that huge. Like, you know, and, and then, I mean, what Spotify is now, what Apple is now, what even the less successful, like, title are now like it's it's uh it's just i don't think anybody could have seen that coming so yeah not a chance it was a huge change but I, i'm guessing the you know the way that you presented that as far as you know 
finding that group to work with at uh, school, at Baylor, when you were there, uh, I'm guessing you didn't go to college with a plan of, of music, like as far well, as... Well, you the, can just stop there. You didn't go to college with a plan <laughs> would probably be the the fairest thing to say because I just really didn't. I, I, um, I, I was able to, I was accepted, and uh, I just went because that's kind of what you did yeah you know and like guy plays drums in our band now didn't he finished high school started working started developing real skills and i think about that all the time like man just in that 10 or four years of just like developing himself in the way he wanted to that i've always been jealous of but uh i make i made great friends and, and honestly the best thing that i think Baylor did for me was introduce me to a dude named John Steen. Um, and it was like my first true, like, man, this is what it's like collaborating with somebody. And this is what it's like singing with somebody. And this is what it's like hearing the start of a tune from another person's mind and uh, help helping pull it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we, we've had a great friendship ever since then. And I've been lucky enough to like, take that friendship and that connection and understand its richness and, and, and use it to decide whether or not I want to keep investing in the people I'm around. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was like, is it, that was a big, I was a big, uh, you know, I had a big influence on me R uproar simply did because they said, this is John Steen. I think, um, I think you guys might connect and, and we did. And kind of music's been that way for me ever since is it's just been, about connections with people and man will dorado's had you know we've connected with people and we haven't connected with people and and a big big thing for me is like this is too hard to uh not connect with people and not and to always be running against the grain and because mm -hmm. you you know this is a wonderful thing to do when you're firing all cil fire, firing on all cylinders with somebody yeah with multiple yeah well, I mean, on that on that connection, uh, after school, you you went to L.A. and I know I know your sister was in L.A. Was that why you went to L.A. or was it already in your mind? Like I'm I'm headed to L.A. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this music thing. No, never. Um, it was hundred percent because of Sunday. She was out there, yeah. and we had a we had a cool opportunity where there was. Long story short, there was a band that had been. Um, accepted into a bunch of NACA conferences. You know, NACA, mm -hmm. it's kind of big in Florida. Yeah. Um, and so they kind of fell apart. Was, we're friends with Sunday. And and uh, she said, hey, these guys kind of have like half written songs. They need help finishing them. But, the, but they've got like 30 dates lined up through this whole year. And so we got together and in like six months, tried to finish songs and went out and just played a bunch of shows. And like big shows dude these naked conferences were crazy you would do like a showcase show and you'd have 15 minutes and there would really be a big clock counting down right in front of the sender monitor mm -hmm. and there'd be eight thousand kids out there from all these different schools looking to hire bands for events at their campus mm -hmm. so we were for like three years we were touring and just playing music and uh you know, I don't think it was everything I wanted, but I didn't know what I wanted. And it was so I was just and I loved I loved those people, loved working with Sunday, loved 
everyone involved and um yeah it was just another right step for me if i'm being honest and just making sure i was around the people i wanted to be around and uh was you know doing something and developing a skill that i guess i had stumbled upon well you uh, i mean most people that's the thing is so you you didn't decide to go to la because of the pool of the the music industry um, I never, I never thought about LA for two seconds in my life, unless I was watching the Lakers or you know, uh, talking to you know, thinking about movies. Yeah, but that never ever did I think, man, I'm writing songs. I gotta get to LA. That not a hot second of that crossed my mind. Well, so when you got there, did any of the glamour of LA I mean did any of the you know the the Sunset Strip the the Troubadour the Capitol Records building the you know all the Sound City Studios did that stuff were you like drawn in by it or was it just like oh that's that's there whatever <laughs> I think I've always been like um those places want somebody that I'm not to tell you the truth and I I think I've I've struggled back and forth on um my comfortability or happiness with being that kind of person or not. Sometimes I've, you know, was down thinking, man, I wish I could be this way. I wish I could be that way. But uh, I never really, I was never, it was never, Hollywood never had much of a lure to me. I think I was just too realistic about the fact that I'm not very Hollywood. Uh, and kind of what we were doing with that band, no no one ever really, we, no one really ever had any interest in it, um, mm -hmm. in that. Uh, but, I, you know, we went straight to Marina. That's where there was a dude managing all of that. He lived in Marina del Rey in mm -hmm. Venice. And so I didn't go into Hollywood and Vine and get an apartment. We were, we were kind of on the coast and, um, I did fall into that vibe. That's for sure. Oof. I mean, there's, there's nothing like a good day in Marina say, del Rey or that's Venice. A nice, My God. That's a nice vibe right there. But I think I, I probably took on too slow of a lifestyle, uh, you know, being discreet. But I, 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 God, I just could not believe what wonderful people I met. Mm. Zach Mann and Nick Ritchie, all these people just like took a liking to me and started showing me what real love was and what real friendship was. And I, you know, for a place that I probably judged more than I, knew i was la showed me some of the best people i've ever met in my life um and then the band started out there yeah. you know i started while we were touring and i started thinking like man I, I don't i can write my own music i can i don't have to share everything i'm writing i can save songs i can and so i started to just kind of create a catalog of songs that um i wanted to be a different thing and found a couple of people that I thought, you know, connected to as well. And um, one was Tyler Wimpy, a mm -hmm. guitar player in the band who was also at Baylor with mm -hmm. me. And he and I connected our last semester and similar with the John Steen vibe, man, he was just like a, a, one of those people, one of my, one of those connections. And it was easy and, and we loved each other. And uh, so we stayed in connection. I started sharing songs with him. And eventually, he and his wife came out. They thought, I guess they thought the tunes were cool enough. <laughs> that that may be the first big investment to Will Dorado or Bird Dog at the time was Tyler and Tori were married for 
like four months, dude. They were living in Aspen, doing, you know, that epic thing, like ski instructor, valet car life, which is an epic life. Yeah. Um, and they left that to come to Marina. We even were in the same apartment complex. That's that's a huge compliment to your music to say, Man, yeah. I'm going to take a risk I'll on this. What, Tyler Wimpy has been the catalyst to Will Dorado from day one. I mean, I sure I was writing the songs, but no one, no one has been more of a uh, just a champion to get me going than than that dude, and still is. Uh, I'm very grateful to have him in the band. But is this where you want me to go with this? How did Will Dorado <laughs> start? That's kind of where I am now. Well, that's I. When you started, did you say like I mean? You know, was there a moment that, like, you'd already been playing in bands? You had you had a band uh, when you were in college. You, you moved out to to L.A. for another band. Like, when you started making these Will Dorado tunes or Bird Dog when it started, were you like, uh, "This this seems different. This seems this seems good. This seems like it could go somewhere." Or did you just enjoy making the tunes and and you were like, "Well, what happens? What happens?" Um. No, I won't lie. There was some of that. There was a, a much bigger amount of that than anything I had ever uh, known before. And and some of it was within myself and some of it was just showing some other people. And then a lot of it was I had uh, I had never really known what I wanted. And I I would say I started learning and you know, trying to figure out what do I want in the year 2013 and uh, still trying to figure it out. You know, I think you, I think you kind of have to be a student of that because it's an evolving thing. And it's also something that's challenged all the time. It's also something that uh, once you start working with the team, they start making you question all the time and they start, people start posing what they want really fast. And, I mean, we're in this culture today where it's like the only thing in the world that matters is what you want. I don't think that's true. I think it is important to know, though. But in 2013, I met who had become my wife, and she started showing me music I hadn't ever heard before. Mm. I mean, really, truly. And it it was just, uh, I started to just realize, like, be opened up to new sounds be opened up to new styles of writing to new voices and i think i just started trying different stuff and sharing those songs with people and and people seemed to dig them a lot more than what i'd done before and i think it was simply just because i figured out like oh this is what i like i'm gonna make only gonna make music i like not what other people need me to make or what is half finished or does, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, who who were some of those artists that, that changed there that you, you heard at that time that you said early Kings of Leon. Mm. Um, and that was a big one on me. I'm trying to think of some other stuff, you know, Natalia was so funny cause she would, uh, <laughs> the reason this is, this is hard to just start pulling them out. She'd always have these mixed CDs mm. that she had made and just had a bunch of uh, local natives. Oh, nice. Look early because early local natives. I mean, they're still dope, but like they were in you. They were. At, I don't know if they went to UCLA, but they were down there and just like playing shows on campus. And God, I loved the rhythm of all of that. And I loved them singing together. I mean, it was a big harmony. And then honestly, dude, believe it or not. 
an awesome wave from Alt J came out that year. And that was a massive influence on me because. Did you get to tell them that when uh, when you toured? Yeah, with I did. You know what was so funny being with those dudes? It was just so quick. They were so quickly just like brought us into their fold and were personable and cool with us that like there wasn't a whole lot of stardom to 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 dork out on like i mean that would happen during their shows or there was obviously lots of moments where you'd be kicking it with gus and just be like i cannot believe i'm just kicking it with gus but they were so good about having it not feel that way and, and they were fans of will dorado wow. and they um made us feel like they wanted us around and and so um yes i did i did tell them that but it but there was it, it was never like uh i've got five minutes to talk to you and i've got to tell <laughs> Here you how, it big, is. how much I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was you know I, it trickled out I don't, I don't think i ever said to them with as much you know weight as i'm saying to you but and i did i guess in a, in a note but i uh i mean an awesome wave had a massive impact on me yeah. and not so much trying to make that kind of music as it was just like first of all i thought it was crazy that there was kind of rock and roll without cymbals yeah i loved that sound and then i also loved how just um unfiltered they were with doing double vocal stuff and having two guys doing different things and then it was just kind of like all of a sudden there are no rules to pop music there are no rules to rock and roll anymore it's like they were like aliens that came out and just showed you what great parts were and how to string them all together. And and that's kind of how I, my songwriting really has been influenced. It's just, it's well, all about parts. And it's all about how one thing goes to the next. And sometimes it's all about the fact that you never need to go to a next part. Like, I just learned so much from an awesome wave. And Natalia showed it to me. Well, I, I was I was about to say that sort of led into the next question as far as your songs when you started Will Dorado. I'm guessing then you never really thought of like this is going to be the sound because obviously Will Dorado has a very unique sound, but it's sort of a fluctuating sound depending on well, the song. You start to figure out that yeah, like I've I've stayed true to the fact that like I'm gonna write what I'm feeling and what I'm hearing to go with that or or i'm gonna feel what i'm hearing from a, just a vibe we've started mm -hmm. so um yeah it's had a massive in, impact on me and i think it's and maybe it it also is because i would me and nat would smoke and we would sit and, and hang out and listen to these playlists that she had made and i loved that it wasn't just like rock and roll rock and roll rock and roll rock and roll it was like you know um some massively indie thing like Karen O mm -hmm. and it would go into local natives. And I was like, damn, I feel, I'm, I'm so glad I'm in this song now. And, yeah. and I think like, you know, as we're putting the second record together, that comes in, it's still such a huge part to my music and our music is I, I cannot have it be just this push through of a similar vibe. It like, I needed to have some fluctuation to it. I need to be rocking out and also like, let's take a break and just chill, vibe out for a second on the same drum beat for four minutes. Well, you know, I I think both 
both work depending on who you are. You know, I mean, you can see it happen in, in both ways. I always point to sort of the it's 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 like the the ACDC uh, route versus the Led Zeppelin route. You know, Led Zeppelin always had different styles. You never knew what was going to come from Zeppelin one to Zeppelin four to Houses of the Holy. It was all different. Uh, whereas ACDC, you know what you're getting. Count it all. Totally. Let's go. <laughs> well, and I think it's just, it's all goes back to like, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And are you staying true to that? Because in this freaking industry, dude, as soon as you're not doing what you want to do, it's too much. And you're, you, you, you quickly are a prisoner, not um, creative. Yeah. Yeah. But now when you started this and like you said, you knew that it was, it was a uh, you. You had a good feeling about it. You liked the music that you were creating. You were in a good space. Not too long after you started it, and you you started this ball rolling. Uh, you had your first child, um, and I'm guessing. I I I just I don't know about you, but I would have a full blown anxiety attack if I'm trying to start off this band, and I've just had a, a brand new baby like how did you react to those things sort of coinciding like the band still taking off having a kid well i'll tell you um only because i'm dropping names and have been this whole time (laughs) the the last thing that happened was we met a guy named james McAllister, and he's been a part of our records ever since and he was kind of the catalyst too here's how james has just been everything that Will Dorado is. I mean, he's just been a, a, a massive component to it. And he had kids. Uh, he, when when we met, and I've never really thought about this before. When, when we met James, his little girl, um, I think was four, and he had just had his son, and he was very little. And then James was working in the home and studio of a guy named Aaron. And Aaron had just had his first little girl. And I got a picture of when we were first making those first bird dog recordings, like mm-hmm. Morning Light and Already Loved and Rubble to Rubble. When we were working on all those tunes where I'm holding, her name was Ily, I-L-Y. They, they named her I Love You. Mm. <laughs> I gotcha. But uh, I was holding that baby through in those studio sessions. And I don't know if that... Um, you know, and Man. I started asking questions because I was I was in love and I was getting ready to get married. And, um, you know, so I was just I've always been taught, man, you got to you have to have people speaking into your life. And you got to the, the whole idea of a mentor and people that are older than you and legacy, all these things that can be passed down are worth tapping into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was all I was all about that then, still all about it now. And I just asked a lot of questions and saw that these dudes were passionate, successful, and epically talented and all had wives and babies and were just making it work. And so I think when Nat and I accidentally got pregnant or she got pregnant, um, I think we just thought this is, this is okay. You know, we're just, uh, we're just going to keep doing it. And you had sort of accidentally waded into the waters of already seeing it happen in the studio. Well, and you're like, eh, that's not bad. Know, it's true. And then so just set me up 
I think with the ability to have a calm mind about it, but you know, the a calm mind is not a constant thing. And so I, you know, it was, there were ups and downs. And at the end of the day, uh, you should be asking Natalia this because she's, she's the one that, um, I mean, people say it all the time, but it's true. Like, is a good it's just a good partner man she has been a good partner to me and has never made me feel like choose is it this or is it us that has never been asked of me and i would all i would simply say i mean i would quit we would we would shut will dorado down but i think she's always known that there's something to this and so uh yeah, I think a lot of it has just been kind of going off of her lead. Are you okay? Can you do this? Are you can you can you handle these long times alone? And I mean, it was a big part of leaving LA was we needed to come where my family was. We needed to come where we could have a house. We needed to we need to move to a place where we could. We did what we needed to do to keep keep making Will Dorado happen, and she's done what she needed to do, and. Uh, so have I. I was going to ask, uh, you know, about that. Uh, like, were you anxious when you went back to Tulsa? Were you like, ah, I'm going to miss out on things? I mean, I know you you already weren't sort of vibing in that traditional L.A. sense, but w once you sort of had those connections and you met those people and whatnot, were you like, oh, God, how am I going to sort of keep this going? Um, I felt more, my biggest feeling was just I want to get out of this. I want to... I know what we're doing now, which is making records and traveling. And you need a team and you need people that believe in you, but but mostly what you need to do is just understand the process, have a vision, and be willing to work. And so I, I had an understanding of all of those things and I wanted to get out of that influence and get back to like, we're, you know, we're not young hot guys. We're we're <laughs> married Oklahomans and uh, Texas boys. And um, well, if this works, it's going to work because we keep our wives and we keep our families and we we keep we keep being able to make all of our personal lives work. And I think it was just so clear that for me, that was in Tulsa, and for my wife, that was here as well. Even though she's from Arizona, but. You know, I've got sisters. We've got, I think, in my family, amongst my siblings, we've got 10 now on the ground, 10 babies on the ground, and there's seven. Now, there are five of us, too. We're not, like, you know. We're not, not shooting out, out babies left and right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got two or three now. A couple of, a couple of, there's a third on the way for my older sister. But, um, yeah, I, just, I mean, it was it was less like, I'm going to miss out and more just uh, just another What's the next right thing? What's the next right thing? I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of that. And um, the next right thing was to come to Tulsa. And Tyler's still in L.A. Yeah. yeah. Our management's in L.A. Our, um, our label's in San Francisco. And, and it creates some problems. But mostly what it creates is just logistics. Uh, and you just got to put the effort. You just got to work it out. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like, like you mentioned, you you guys obviously that that's the thing for most artists uh, in today's world. the The streaming doesn't really do much. I mean, as far as money, unless you're uh, Dua Lipa or The Weekend, and then you don't really need the streaming money, anyways. Um, but uh, the main thing that you're doing is touring. You're you're touring to to get you know to to make a living. 
And uh, the pandemic obviously just killed that. Uh, and it killed that for all artists. And I, I mean, I know this is one of those sort of cliche things, but like what happened in Tulsa when you realize all of a sudden, ah, we can't go out and you couldn't go out for a, a year of n no touring whatsoever. I mean, was that another anxiety attack? Because again, that would be for me, <laughs> I'd be like, holy crap, I can't pay for anything. Yeah, uh, it was. It was, it, it was, um, you know, the, the nice thing about the pandemic was there's not very many times in life where something decides for you. And I think, you know, with Nat's help and my family's help, um, we just abided by that. Like, and you can, we could, we could worry about it as much as you want, but, um, at the end of the day something made a decision for us and what we were was stuck at home mm -hmm. and so um and i i hate to say it but i had time of my life i we had just had milo in in um, july before our our youngest and she so instead of I me mean, millie kind of her first her whole life i've been gone until the the pandemic and then um, but Milo, when Milo came around, I was here for all of it. And I got to, you know, I was here for all the nights and all of the, all the days that, mm -hmm. you know, when you have a kid, you got both. It's not days anymore. You're night and day. Yeah. And, and Millie was there too. And it was just, uh, it was really sweet. Yeah. And then we had time to finish the record and then we had time to decide what we want to do with it. We had time to learn songs and um and everyone just kind of everyone was really chill about it you know what i mean we found ways to make it work and we just kind of kept up with is this what y'all want to do is this what we want to keep doing and and then honestly surefire just kept streaming and streaming and streaming i mean that that tune kind of saved our butts and yeah dude we just kind of make it which we, we just made it work and then at the same time just let it work or not work and it ended up being that we were streaming more over the pandemic than we ever have and we're uh just kind of staying alive i think there were several bands that were like that 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 streaming did it was i mean you know everybody's stuck at home what do, what do you got to do listen to some music you know mm -hmm. listen to some tunes and some some numbers really helped out some folks i i do have to say uh both of your uh children have the brightest eyes ever. I oh. lo love their eyes. Your pictures on your Instagram, it's just, they they bounce off of the pictures that it's just like, it, there's the, you know, that childhood energy that you're just like, oh, oh my man. gosh, look at that. I wish you, I appreciate that. I wish you could experience them because they're, <laughs> they're as vivid as their eyes are, man. <laughs> those are their mama's eyes, but they're, woo, yeah, they're, um, they're everything that is vital. I did. I did love her cruising too. There was a video that you posted of her on the little, uh, uh, you know, the 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 car there. She was driving the car. Older Millie was driving the car around there, just swinging that whip around. Man, she was just <laughs> in their little red truck. Yeah, zip zapping yeah. that thing around. She was having a having a, a ball with that. I was like, nice, nice already. I mean, that's what it, that's what it was, dude. Just watching that kind of stuff, and there were times to be scared, um, but. But mostly there were times of, you know, we were really careful too. I, I, 
there's been lots of back and forth on COVID, of course, but like, you know, we have a big family and everyone was kind of just, just like, you know, we're going to take it seriously. So we took it seriously and, uh, I still haven't ever had COVID, believe it or not. I'm kind of like, I mean, I'm, I'm ready, I guess a little bit to like not have to worry about that. And I obviously don't much, but yeah, I don't know. We've avoided, we've avoided it. And, and so mostly it was just hanging out nice and uh watching little girls ride around trucks i mean hard to be <laughs> it's solid solid pastime well i mean your your first show back was about a year and a half so you had this this time it was about a year and a half you guys played uh last year in august and mm. what is i mean that's got to be a crazy feeling too of going from nothing for a year and a half as far as live performance to all of a sudden here's here's a crowd let's make it happen yeah it was a little bit uh bike riding like you know um but it was uh yeah it was terrible i mean it was probably a terrible performance <laughs> i mean we but that was that's funny is our first show back was our first show um with a front of house dude named Davis that's that's been with us every single time since we've uh, we never had a front of house before but we kind of became friends with that dude and he was helping with stuff here at the studio and so we took him on that gig and it went great uh, but he even says it was terrible <laughs> so you know it's one of those things it's like you got to knock that off some point but I, I think I was um, more than anything I was just yeah, you. I think had we not done, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds before, it par- probably would have been more climactic. But it was just, you know, we're just all of a sudden you're playing a show again. You're back. Honestly, that's how it feels every time. You, the thing I've gotten better at doing is just not thinking about it. Like I'll, I'll, you know, all of a sudden I'm on, it's like, and ready to walk out on stage. What? This is so insane. Yeah. Uh, and then you just react, but. It's one of those. It's one of those things that less thinking is better. Keep, keep the mind clear before you go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, not too long after you guys uh, got back on the road, you did have that debut album. Now, I, I, you mentioned it a little bit, I think, but did the pandemic speed the process up of it coming out, or did it slow it down? Because I know there were a lot of artists that were sort of both ways like some wanted to they they slowed it down because they didn't want to put it out without being able to tour some sped it up because they were just like we need something to put out what was your guys mentality with the album uh ours was was kind of let's let's trust the team we've decided to trust some of it was that i think we allowed ourselves to be coachable i guess for lack of better words we as we really know maybe no one really knows still but um the label <clears throat> and management kept just thinking i think what they knew is we don't we're we're not a content successful band we're a um the only thing will dorado's really been able to ever do is go and play shows and so i think we we abided by we can't put this out without um supporting it on the road and we delayed it like four times mm-hmm. by four to six months so maybe not that many times three times that way but yeah i mean it was always like i think in 2020 it was like maybe we're going out in april and we'll put it out then it doesn't happen so maybe you know we'll look at we'll look at summer fall it didn't happen and, and then we went a full another one um 
and did 21 fall. But <clears throat> yeah, it was, there was, I think, I think everyone just knew Will Dorado is not going to support this online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were right. Well, well how is, I, I ask this to a lot of artists, but like, how how tough is that just to set on something like that? That you got all these creations that you have made that you're excited about, and you're just like, can't show them to you yet, guys. Give me a little bit. Well, I I think for for me, I, I released music enough that I realized like this is gonna sound so unromantic, but really releasing music is running out of things <laughs> rather than. <laughs> Uh, having new things in me because at the end of the day it's like what you need is new music and as soon as you put it out you don't got it mm -hmm. so um i think it felt encouraging to us more than anything to like have the ship kind of be rolling and also know like we've got our best songs still coming that no one has heard that no one's heard before and so it was like we were kind of getting to sit on a bank rather than uh yeah just being let out it all it. out yeah I yeah, guess. so that felt good, actually. And yes, we were excited for people to hear it, but um, more than anything, I think it was just encouraging to know that we, we had it yeah. and it was going to come out and when we started touring. So more of that. Well, now, now that you guys are touring again uh, and you've got a huge tour, and I'm mention it here in just a second, uh, you got a huge tour coming up, um, but... Now that you've been back on the road, how have the kids handled it? I mean, because I'm guessing they're not... I mean, it's like you said, you were there for a year and a half. Uh, they don't really remember Dad being on the road all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, they're cool about it, dude. I, I appreciate you being so interested in, in my children because, it, uh, yeah, it means a lot to me. But, they, you know, they're, they're just doing what we're doing they're reacting to it i mean even at three and almost three and six they're we're all about like let's react to today let's react to today and um that's what they're doing they're they're hard days i always say the lowest lows and the highest the highs but this is but i think more than anything they just trust their mama and when i'm here it's i'm really here and when i'm gone uh you know they know what I'm doing, which is cool. The little one doesn't, I think it's, she's always like, you at the studio? I think that's her idea of me being gone. Um, she doesn't really get what a show is yet, but the older one and I have, a, you know, obviously a much more, a deeper understanding of it. And she's, what we say is we're going to make people happy. That's what we get to do. And so she loves that idea and is willing to go through it, same as I am. <laughs> but I tell you what, it really is a, one of those hold it with an open hand thing because it can change fast and um you know you never you never really know what you're gonna have to react to so the last thing you can do is just set it on cruise control it's yeah. a very big lesson and always having to be on guard do they do they both love the music yeah they do man and they're like uh, probably just because they're my kids but they listen to it and that's kind of a sweet thing about them being little uh is you they're they're not embarrassed of their dad like they <laughs> um they think their dad you know makes music and they like to make music and so they like to sing and dance and play instruments and so it's like i think when i'm gone 
they can have me around and have my voice on and and dance and play in the living room or in the car. Yeah. And then you know, some of the fun, the most fun stuff about the last year and kind of the band growing is like Millie's teachers have been fans and not knowing that she was my kid. And, and so it's like kind of surrounds her, which is a sweet idea. Uh, but yeah, I think they're okay. Yeah. And I, it's one of those things that like you try to tell your, you, you can worry yourself out of the reality of the situation, but the reality of the situation right now is they're okay. It's nice. hard when I go, but they're okay when I'm back. Nice. And yeah. Well, your last uh, tour that you were on uh, was a pretty long tour there. You guys had an American tour with Flip Turn, um, which are right, was- right out of our backyard. Uh, I got to ask, what, what do you think about those guys? Because they're, I, I, I find them impressive. Flip Turn is an impressive band. Yeah. Look, I mean, just agreed. They <laughs> are an impressive band. I like, you know, when you, I guess, when you just break down what they have going for them, um, it's, a, it's a good look. They've got, I mean, Dylan is an incredible, incredible vocalist. Maybe one of the best I've heard live. He's just spot on and i don't know it must just be from i know he grew up singing with his mom and Mm -hmm. performing with his mom um but yeah talk about a comparison challenge my dude you go go sing every night with dylan that's no walk in the park but it's uh he that dude is just incredible and he's sweet natured and he's he's good he's a good dude he's got nothing gross about him he's just you know (laughs) he's he's a performer and he's a lover of doing it which is really inspiring and then dude i can't they're so musical i mean we talk about flip turn all day because i love it i just the players are epic and um i mean you know my my background's a little bit in drums and 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 devin devin blows me away on the drums now man that guy he can he, he is in the pocket and he is in like and the funny part is is like you know none of their songs are super like heavy but like when you if you put on mute and you just looked at Devin, you would think he was in Slipknot. Like he is back well, just going at it, man. And you could say like take them away from each other, it doesn't match up. But you put them in, you put them in the room and on stage, and it, and and maybe it's what makes it all work. Mm-hmm. You know who knows? It's just because you. A lot, I mean, you listen to their music on Spotify, and it's almost a little shoegazy. And then you go see them live, and it's it's absolute rock and roll. They're getting it, yeah, they're getting it. But now, uh, I tried to get some behind the scenes stories on those guys when they were on the show, but they do seem as like you said, they're they're all about their music. Do you have any funny flip turns uh, story? Anything that happened that was uh, you know behind the scenes? No, I mean, they, we, uh, not that I know of. They had some chicken that they lost a couple times. We had before yeah. while we were floating out. Jalapeno. Um, no. But, but other than that, no, they're just like, they're straight laced kids, dude. And they that's are. what we were, that's what we were looking for. We're not, you know, you take a support. I don't think any of us are looking for. You don't need a young AC, Motley DC. crew. Yeah, no. No, sir. <laughs> well, now, right at the start of that, tour with flip turn you guys got to do something that was super super awesome you guys got to play jimmy kimmel live and i mean that alone that's a cool achievement but i don't know about you i grew up watching 
Letterman and Conan and Leno. And to be on one of those late night shows would just be the coolest. Was it was it that big for you or was it just, you know, sort of another performance? Uh both. I mean it was very it was very cool. And then um you know, it was a lot. The logistics around making that work were it was an insane, insane 48 hours. Uh, so there was a lot of there was a lot of time to not think about it. You know what I mean? As we were, yeah. we I wish I wish we had a film ar- around that just because that those we played L.A. on uh, Tuesday, San Francisco on Wednesday, and we're back at Kimmel on Thursday morning, and just those those three days were nuts and then and then friday night played in uh boise at tree fort so we were Good just Lord. it was a crazy yeah it was a crazy week there's like eight days in a row and flights and van long rides and um, it was crazy but i think when i was there yeah dude i mean you can't you have to let it be cool or else <laughs> it's just it never happened and um so it was cool and the best part about kimmel is how relaxed his production was i mean no one rushed us no one made us feel you know like lots of times it's like hey this is your amount of time and uh you you better deliver and get out of our hair it was it was less like that and more just like you guys are the band today we're stoked we're gonna help you we're gonna make sure you're comfortable and man yeah very high regards for their crew then we got to play the tune twice i mean i didn't expect you get to do that well, I was about to say, like, I feel like it has to be sort of a weird performance because I've talked to comedians that, you know, same deal being on on one of the late night shows and you get like five minutes of your material. And it's sort of the same deal here is you get one song uh, and there's no you have no supporting act. You have like no sort of introduction besides, you know, that that introduction of what Jimmy says and whatnot. Is it is it like jumping into the deep end? Uh, in the pool, I think it would have been more that way if it was a live audience. But COVID kind of separated all those productions, and and so we were like, he had a big stage that where you see his show, and then there was another part of their studio that was just for filming music, and gotcha. so we were kind of in a different area. But I mean, there is that like. You know, you you're either in a club playing songs in here, rehearsing, mm-hmm. or uh, then there's the you're on a stage and there's 15 cameras and one of them's a boom swinging around your head and there were I mean there were 20 people just involved in capturing it and then like our management a couple people from the label but you're it felt like that thing you do <laughs> you know that thing you do you see so many of those. There's so many scenes in that show where it's like you get the vibe of like the band's so awkward and then it's like <laughs> surrounded by this massive production. It felt that way. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, uh, now you've got a massive tour coming that starts in July. Three months straight, 45 shows, 27 states and Canada includes a stop at Red Rocks on uh, August 17th, which, awesome. Uh, yeah, awesome. What what are you looking forward to the most on this tour? I mean, just getting back out on the road, or is there specifics that you're thinking about that, like, I mean, has Red Rocks been one of those things that you've had on a, on a checklist? Yeah, Red Rocks is, 
Man, I, I'm gonna, you know, I just go, I go so back and forth on it all because I've, I've really found like you, these, there's so many things in, in this industry that get hyped up. And then um, there's so many things that are disappointing that you think are gonna be so cool. And, and it's like I've really had to force myself into a day to day mind state. And so I've done very little thinking about Red Rocks uh, or any of these shows. Mostly when I think about the shows, it's in preparation for like what the set list should be or um, just, you know, what do I need to be doing to be able to sing that many nights in a row and for that long, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, if I take a second, I guess, and just think about it all, I mean, yes, when I'm, what I'm stoked about Red Rocks is I. no one's not said it's a, a spiritual experience. I mean, so it's got to be somewhat epic. <laughs> like it's and uh, I love Mount Joy. I love Will Dorado and Mount Joy shows. Those are just always so much fun. We've got a lot of similar fans, um, and they're just wonderful people. So it's always a great energy in the room. So I know red rocks is going to be epic yep. and uh got the perfect dude, weather that, that too massive too like it's big so there's some of i mean I, and i'm not immune to nerves like it's uh like with all jay there were when we played the brixton that's that was five thousand people we had four nights in a row every night was terrifying i mean it was it was you know you always get into your vibe but like it you know you're walking out to strangers you're not walking out to family and so um yeah i think what's great about this summer is it's a good combination of like will dorado shows and in tertiary markets which are always really fun mm -hmm. we did the big a with a market trip uh, which sold out which was super dope yeah um I'll, I'll be super curious supposedly summer shows sell really slow and kind of week of there's also like every band in the world's on tour right now yeah that's um, true so it'll be it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out and how they sell uh but small towns are so fun to play they give and give the energy man they don't get to man, see as much just, yeah they're just happier there which makes you so happy to be there too and and so i know that that trip will be great and I'm, i also am a fan of both toledo and michigander so i'm uh Looking forward to, you know, it went so well with Flip Turn. Um, I expect it to be that same way. We but, had we had Michigander on the uh, on the show. He's a, a great guy. Great guy. Seems like a great guy. Just, uh, you know, wants to get out there, wants to spread his music, man. He wants to, you know, and I, th I think you can have some, some good conversations with him with that imposter syndrome idea. He, <laughs> I bet. He had, yeah. He's, he's, he's had, he's, he's tossed with that over, over the years for sure. Um, well, now one last thing I got to ask about the tour. Uh, I noticed on your birthday, your bandmates wrote they couldn't uh, wait to get back on the road and have Taco Bell on the road again with you for fourth meal. Does that really happen? Do you guys actually go to Taco Bell a good deal on tour? Yeah, I think I think Taco Bell drive-through was walked through on this <laughs> last trip. Uh, I don't know. I think the van didn't fit under, and so they <laughs> they took our order walking. But nice. yeah, I mean, I'd like to say I'd like to say we're um, <clears throat> not eating that way on the road. But there's some there's some there's some times we're eating that way for sure. What's the go-to order at Taco Bell? Hmm. Honestly, we've 
we've uh, everyone kind of does it's a whole array of things i'm kind of a crunch rap supreme guy i also can just get down on regular talk i just mentioned uh, that the other day that i have never had a crunch rap as much taco bell as i've had i've never had one but the regular tacos oh i've put away some regular tacos that's how i am too i hate to say though really if we're looking for a place to eat late we're gonna try to find a burger Oh yeah, I mean we we do lots of McDonald's. Oh, just the straight up McDonald's. I love. Yeah, I, I gotta. You know, I uh, we we had we talked about uh, uh, Don Gorski on the show. Don't know if you've ever heard of Don. He uh, has the world record for eating the most Big Macs in his lifetime. He's eaten oh, like. 50,000, like not an exaggeration. He's had Big Macs every single day. He's like 70 years old. He's had them ever since he was like 18. Not an exaggeration. And uh, I I, I was just telling my co-host how I love when people don't try to cover it up that they like McDonald's. I'm like, (laughs) because, you know, everybody's always that person that's like, oh, McDonald's, I haven't had it in like five years, you know? And you're like, Those people suck. (laughs) <laughs> it's one of those that's it's one of those things that like ruins health food or health food food people. Yeah. Like it just just chill out, man. <laughs> like we want everybody wants to be healthy, but like just just chill out. Because, like because the, the dose makes the poison, dude. That's the thing. Live by that. You know what I mean? You don't need to be jamming freaking chicken nuggets down your kids' throats all day long. But if your kids eat a chicken nugget, they're not gonna die. And ne- neither are we. We grew up eating. Are you kidding me? That was, and maybe that, maybe it's killing us all now. But so far, <laughs> so good. I mean, you can't argue. Is is uh, grilled chicken, black beans, avocado, and rice better for you, or is it Crunchwrap Supreme? It's like stop trying to make that point. It's like, what's better, hate or love? It's like we all know, we all freaking know <laughs> love's better. But that was I, my 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 grandma. Man, lived to ninety eight years old. What was her adage? moderation hit hit it with moderation and she would the best thing i love summers with summers with me you go out and uh you always knew you were going to get something completely unhealthy for lunch she was going to be like kfc buffet let's hit it up and then as she's as she's eating her like fifth piece of fried chicken she's like you know i'm just gonna have fruit for dinner I gotta pace myself. I'm just gonna have fruit for dinner. But it was moderation, man. Moderation. It works, dude. Yeah. Well, that's luckily how I. My wife is, you know, she's on top of it. So I, I kind of get to be the. Let's uh, let's grab a burger guy. <laughs> oh, your your daughters are gonna look for that soon. All right, we gonna. I don't. I don't want to eat anything healthy. Let's go find dad. Let's get. Let's get some. Uh, hey, let's go to Claude's. Some, it's gonna be delicious. Some, something to that. It's funny as this dude told me on All J trip. He was like, you know, the best thing, the most important thing when you go back home with your wife and kids is like, don't try to impact the system. You can <laughs> like go in unnoticed for a couple of days before you pop your head out because if you expect the system to shift and there to be a parade and you get home, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Go in. Don't don't go throwing burgers in, at lunch your first day. Don't, don't go bringing in ice cream. Don't disrupt anything. Just see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Take some notes. Then you can 100%. start to make your impact. <laughs> well, yeah. one one last thing you mentioned. You're working on already on the second album. The first album there was you know six years in the making. 
Uh, delayed, obviously, like you said, uh, several delays that were sort of unintentional. When, several releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> when, when, when do you think this one's gonna come out? Do you have any, uh, you know, any uh, idea? In, in a word, no. I think though the idea will be I'll push and push and push to leave me alone until I like it and it's done. That's when it'll be ready. Um, and luckily, our you know we have such a great label, dude. They're, they've been so so epic, and so I take full. You know, I'm gonna as long as they're gonna let me take my time, I'm gonna take my time. But but really, what it's about is like that's the thing that keeps the band going. That's what keeps Justin, Tyler, and I wanting to be Will Dorado is new music. Yeah, and so you can't you can't just stop and say buzz off. It's got to be. <laughs> You gotta keep it. You gotta keep it rolling. A little so bit of a pace. A, it's gotta be a pace, yeah. Or because also like the wheels fall off. I don't. I tell you what. Every time I gotta write or start writing songs again, it's like, have I ever done this before <laughs> in my life? Like it's not. I I never feel like you said professional about it. It's more just like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh no, like lyrics and i gotta ruin this song again i gotta you know this was so good until we had to put lyrics on it that's sort of like that that's what i'm in right now like we're, we're making vibes and we're trying to get excited and we're making figuring out some sounds and what what's the vision but it'll come out at some point but i have no idea that's i mean hopefully it'll come out where we can put something out before like a another big probably fall headline yeah. uh but I, I'm in in my thinking right now. I, I know we're gonna take some. This year has been so insane. So kind of like Christmas through spring, we're staying home, and and that's when we'll start putting uh, you know some stuff on. Putting it all on together. T- yeah, love it. I love it. Well, Max, good luck on the upcoming tour. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you here in September. Can't wait to watch you guys. You're gonna be at Jackrabbits when you come through in Jacksonville. Uh, What's that like? It's good, man. It's a it's a small venue. Um, I, it's definitely smaller than probably uh, you know your last couple of tours, I would say. But ton of energy. Uh, crowds at Jackrabbits are always and and that's the thing I always say about Jacksonville, man. We have got some great live music fans. Uh, love does it doesn't matter what genre doesn't matter what artist they are excited to see live music and they will you know and if you have fans which I'm sure you guys have plenty of fans here in Jacksonville they will be at the show for sure <laughs> for right sure. on dude well you gotta get them there right that's gonna, what, that's what we're here bring them in we're gonna pump them up we're gonna pump them up we're gonna get them ready for the the September show. But uh, Love it, dude. it's been a pleasure talking to you, Max. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Man, likewise, you're great at this. I appreciate you being interested in us uh, and for playing the music, dude. You know, that it goes a long, long way. So bless you for that. 100%. Listeners, you can check out all things Wilderado at their website, wilderado.co. You can find out all the tour dates. You can follow them on social media at Wilderado. Right now, let's take a listen to Head Right, right here on the Doc G Show.
are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Will Dorado, head right. That's it, man. My goodness, Max. What an enjoyable character, Mike. What an enjoyable character. I want to go to one of those one-name burger places in Tulsa. That is, to me, Mike, an uh, indication that you have got a good burger place. Yeah, When all you need is <laughs> a first name of a dude. If you're not sure if you're going to somebody's backyard or you're going to a restaurant. Hey, we're going to Claude's. Really? Claude's? Yeah. Good burgers. We're going to Frank's. <laughs> Yeah, friend. Like, I mean, come on. He listed like four dudes' names and like best burgers, and I was like, "Are these just your friends? Or are these real restaurants?" <laughs> this is awesome. Yes. I want to go to one of those burger places. Tulsa, right? Too in the center of mm-hmm. America. You know, they got some good beef. Yeah, you know. they got some happy cows for sure. You for some, sure, you got some good beef going down there in the OK in the Boomer Sooner State. You got to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. Uh, thanks to Max for coming on the show. Hopefully we get to check them out live when they come here to Jacksonville. Mike, we have two birthday suits left. You are 0 for 1. I don't know. I think you've got the second one, maybe. I know you know who they are. Yeah. I know you know the first one, too, who they are, 100%. I just don't know if you'll get her name. (laughs) Okay. Okay, here we go. First one. Well, let me ask you. Basketball movie. Where are we going first? Movie star, basketball player. Let's go basketball player. Okay, it's old school basketball player here. Uh, born in Alakipa, uh, Pennsylvania. Our birthday suit wearer was the son of a basketball coach. His dad started teaching him how to play basketball uh, at a very young age, and let me, I didn't write it down here real quick. Uh, bad on my part. 1947, Mike. June mm. uh, 22nd, 1947, in Alakika, uh, Pennsylvania. Started playing basketball at a very young age, and as a result, our birthday suit wearer had better ball handling, passing, and shooting skills than almost anyone by the time he reached high school. His dad took the head uh, coaching job at LSU, and our birthday suit wearer took a scholarship to play there. Our birthday suit wearer averaged and totaled more points in college than anyone ever has. Wow. Yeah. He scored 3,667 points in his college career and averaged 44.2 points a game over his three years in college. He was a three-time All-American, a three-time SEC Player of the Year, and two-time National Collegiate Player of the Year. He went on to the NBA, and although his professional uh, performance wasn't amazing as his collegiate career, it was still pretty awesome. He was a four-time All-NBA player, a uh, one-time scoring champion, a five-time All-Star, and his jersey was retired by three teams. He ended his NBA career averaging 24.2 points a game, 4.2 rebounds, and 5.4 assists per game. He's on the NBA 50th anniversary team and the NBA 75th anniversary team. His nickname was Pistol. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Pistol. I don't know. See, I was afraid you wouldn't know. What him. team did he play for? 
He what played teams? for the Jazz. He played for the uh, the Nuggets. And what was the other team he played for? Yeah, I don't know, uh, Doc G. For, oh, Celtics. Last team was the Celtics. He only mm. played one year, though, on the Celtics. Yeah, I don't know. Pistol Pete Maverick. See, I Pistol knew Pistol Pete. I was going to say Pistol Pete, but I don't know the name. I just, I've heard Pistol Pete before. Pistol Pete Maverick. Pistol mm. Pete Maverick. The, uh, arguably, some people may debate this, but arguably the greatest college player of all time. Wow. Um, just uh, absolutely amazing. His dad made sort of just like, you know, a, a, a child prodigy, a child star. Like, he practiced hours and hours per day. And it wasn't really his dad forcing him. His dad just sort of taught him how to do it and then taught him, like, the, the drills and whatnot. And then he would just practice them all day, just nonstop. Uh, and he was absolutely amazing. And in college, it looked like he wasn't even trying. Like, I mean, you know, hmm. he averaged almost 45 points, and it was just like he could do whatever he wanted. It didn't matter. Uh, it was it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, he was, he, uh, he was definitely just uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he uh, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. If you get a chance sometimes, watch... Uh, some of those highlights of him in uh, in college. Wow. I'm gonna make a Holy note of crap. This. Yeah. Holy crap. You will see some some uh, some ball handling magic. Uh, like he was you you remember Jason Williams, right? Oh yeah. He played on the magic. Yeah, he actually still plays like uh, rec games sometimes. I think oh, I've yeah. seen yeah. Oh yeah. Pete was the uh, Pete w was the Jason Williams before Jason Williams, mm. except on top of that, he could score 30 points a game on top of those awesome passes and ball handling. Like, gotcha. he was just insane, Pistol hmm. Pete. I've thought about getting a throwback Pistol Pete jersey for a while. I've never got it. Never got it. But, you know. Which one would you go with? Celtics, Jazz, Nuggets? I think College? I'd get it. I, yeah, I was about to say, I think I'd get an LSU, actually. Uh, oh, okay. I think I'd get an LSU jersey, just because, you know, I like to get them at their greatest, you know? Yeah. But I might, I also might do, uh, if not, I would do a Hawks, do a Pistol Pete Hawks jersey, Atlanta mm. Hawks. Oh, that was the, that was the, the, he didn't play for the Nuggets. Totally wrong on that one. Sorry. Hawks. I said Nuggets. Hawks. Don't know why I said Nuggets. Hawks. Atlanta Hawks mm. was the first team he was drafted by. Anywho, Mike, we've rambled on about Pistol Pete for a long time. Uh, next birthday suit, Mike, you're 0 for 2. This could be an 0 for 3 day. Let's hope not. Let's hope, <laughs> let's hope you get this, uh, this actress. We shall see. She's one of the biggest actresses of all time. Okay. But, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, I'm, you know, I mean, honestly, I'm not sure if the name would come to me automatically. I, I think one of these movies would cue it for me, but it would be a little bit difficult. Her main, her biggest movies were 80s and 90s. So, anyway. Okay. Uh, born on June 22nd, 1949 in Summit, New Jersey, our birthday suit wearer tried, uh, uh, tried acting at a young age. Her first starring role was in The Family Upstairs in middle school. She ended up going to Vassar College where she studied drama 
She impressed all of her professors with her ability to mimic accents and memorize lines with lightning speed. After graduating, she went to Yale School of Drama for a master's. Our birthday suit wearer's first film came in 1977 with Jane Fonda, titled Julia. Her first leading role was the French Lieutenant's Woman. Over her career, she earned uh, she has earned a spot as one of the greatest actresses of all time, starring in dozens of films. Some of her best included uh, included are It's Complicated, Heartburn, Falling in Love, The Deer Hunter, Kramer vs. Kramer, The Devil Wears Prada, The River Wild, Out of Africa, The Bridges of Madison County, and Sophie's Choice. She has been nominated for the most Academy Awards in history. Jeez. She has six Grammys, five Primetime Emmys, eight Golden Globe Awards, one Tony Award. She is a Presidential Medal of Freedom. She has been honored by the Kennedy Center, and she has an honorary doctorate from Harvard. Name that birthday suit wearer. 0 for 3, Doc G. Who is it? MS are the, the initials. Does that give you anything? MS. MS. Meryl Streep. There it is. Yes. Yay. All right. <laughs> Got the initials. We're counting it. One for three. Mike is one hey, for three. I'll take it, Doc G. Thank you. Thank Meryl Streep, man. I'll tell you. Just an actress, you know? Uh, I got to say, out of those movies... My favorite, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's complicated. Don't know if you've seen that movie, Mike. Is that with Jack Nicholson? No. Alec Baldwin, Meryl Streep. They used to be married. They got a divorce, and then they start hooking up later in life after they both have, uh, well, she doesn't have uh, a significant other, but Alec Baldwin has been remarried. It's pretty good. Pretty solid movie. Okay. Steve Steve Martin's also in it. Steve Steve Martin's in it. That see, that's I think I watched this movie actually. I did watch this movie back in the day, Doctor. Not G. bad. I know which movie you're talking Not about. Not bad. It's yeah. a pretty good movie. It's also got the dude from yeah. uh, the office in it. Can't remember what his name is, but he he plays the the daughter's uh fiance. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Good movie. Good movie. I like that one. Uh, I mean, you know, all the others are solid. I've never seen The Devil Wears Prada. I feel like I need to because I hear it's a real solid movie. It's, a, you know, cinema classic. But anywho, happy birthday to Meryl Streep. She's turning uh, 73, Mike. 73 for mm. Meryl Streep. Uh, I don't know if you can get a better resume than that as an actress. My God. Good Lord. Yeah, she's got a lot of awards. That yeah. is just, I mean. You, you, a lot of accolades. Uh, did, did, did she talk sh- she got that honorary doctorate from Harvard because you already got a degree from Yale. Don't you have to like? I mean, it's Yale and Harvard. Don't you have to be like? I didn't really want this, you guys. I already got a degree from a better school. Boom. Like you know. But thanks anyway. Yeah, like you got to do something like that, don't you? If you're her, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Happy birthday to Meryl Streep. Mike, we have some fantastic shows coming up. I can't wait. We got a uh, Florida original here coming on the show next week. We got Brandon Bing, up-and-coming country artist here known as Big Hoss, coming on the show. 
Very excited about Brandon Bing coming on the show. Uh, I'm not sure if he's related to Chandler Bing from Friends, Girl, the <laughs> fictional character. But uh, I honestly, I, that's the first thing. I can't help but like I saw Bing and I was like, really? <laughs> I, I Okay, cool. All right. Uh, anyways, Mike, until then, we need to wrap up the show. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus, Charette. Doc G, thank you so much. Great show. Thanks for having me, as always. Appreciate now, it. Now, I'm, I'm guessing you'll go have some caviar and champagne after winning all that extra cash, right? You know... I just might, Doc G. Yeah, I have some so. orange juice. <laughs> Celebrate, you guys. Orange juice, probably with calcium. He has no spending yeah. limits, guys. He has mm-hmm. no spending limits. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it doo dah.